Hey, you are here listening to Riding in the Weeds with Ginny and Tash, where we talk about all things life, horses, biking, and just the whole concept of in life, we end up riding in the weeds. And we're here to share our insights on how we ride out of them again. Because when you're working with bikes, when you're working with horses, you come up with a whole lot of consistencies that you see that enable us to both get stuck in the weeds, but also ways in which you can ride out. And today we're talking about development, specifically personal and professional development. And this is close to our hearts because that's how we met, was in a space of professional and personal growth and development. So let's just get us started. Hey, Jenny, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Tosh? I'm doing pretty good. I'm honestly on the end of three weeks of kind of being in it and being in it, having included a three-day business retreat and a four-day bike coaching, leveling up my coaching certification. So this whole concept of personal and professional development has been very much in my world for the last three weeks. And I'm really looking forward to a weekend off. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like you do need a break. (laughs) Because, you know, we have this sense that in order to improve, we kind of need to do it in this radical way. And I think it's what stops us generally actually moving into a space of development. Because when we do, we go at it a little bit hard and then we hit the wall. And so we kind of bounce off of it and it doesn't work. We see a massive change and then it's like two steps forward three steps back. Yeah. We, we crash. Yeah, we crash. Yeah. Exactly. I imagine it happens when you're on a horse. It happens when you're on a bike. You had the same experience on your vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what happens is we just push too hard, you know, and our bodies, like if you're talking about it from a physical standpoint, our bodies can't handle that kind of radical change, you cannot expect to go out and just randomly grab your bike and go do a massive trail. You know, it doesn't work that way. You have to be able to work up to it. And the same is true though, in personal development and professional development, you cannot expect to just land in a business or land in personal goals and get it, you know, and if you try and like, as they say, bite off more than you can chew, it doesn't work. So I think it's good to define that a little bit. Like to me that working on personal and professional development or even development of my riding skills or my fitness goals or whatever, it's all about setting goals. Like why do I want to achieve something better? And I think the satisfaction of doing that is what feels good. It feels good to improve myself in some way. Yeah, totally. And you know, what's interesting is that in my level two coaching that we were just doing, we actually spent a workshop, one of our mornings was spent on goals and the components of getting better on our bicycles and what are the pieces. It's obviously the skills, it's your technique, but it's your tactics and it's your performance. And it's like a big part of having a successful lesson with somebody is starting with what are your goals for this lesson? Like, why did you sign up? And that allows the person themselves and the coach to understand what is this person wanting to do. And if you just start out with a lesson, people have arrived, they want to learn how to ride their bikes better, they're at a beginner level, okay, 
well, this is what we're going to do. If I don't know what the person's goal is, then I can't meet it. My goal as a coach is to have that person want to come back and to have them want to continue to work on what they're doing. And in order to do that, I need to know exactly what they're wanting to get out of today's session. Like by the end of today, what is it that you'd like to feel accomplished in? And whether we're doing it on our own, which I don't really recommend. What do you think about doing it on your own? I think results are going to be proportional to what's available. I don't want to say what you put into it, but the beauty of it is though, is there's a ton of information out there and a huge amount of it is free. YouTube is a massive resource that you can use for any goal. Like whether you're talking about diet changes, fitness changes, writing, professional development, whatever, there's a ton of resources out there that are free, but they don't necessarily come with support. And A lot of that, I think, is going to dictate how far you can go is what kind of support you can pull around you. I know that's what makes the difference for me. Like part of why I ride so much is because I have a trainer who comes once a month and I want to be able to say, this is what we did. And there were months and times where I wasn't able to put as much energy and effort into it in between. And sometimes my lesson was the only thing, but my lesson was what kept me going. If I hadn't had that lesson with the trainer, like- Lord knows where we'd be because I wouldn't have had the motivation to keep going. So I think some of what defines that is really the amount of support you have available. Yeah, I agree. And I think that support comes with feedback as well. Every month you've put in the work in between and then you go in and somebody can see a difference. Yeah. And you're feeling like you haven't gone anywhere and you haven't gotten any better because you're just making incremental changes and you're integrating the information in someone who knows you, who's working with you. It's like, wow, Jenny, the difference between last time and this time is unbelievable. Or when we've got this comparison going on, somebody said this weekend, they were like pedaling efficiency on your bike. It doesn't actually get easier to climb up a hill on your bike. You just get faster. It doesn't get easier to do a workout at the gym you just get stronger and you're going harder. And so quite often we're making these incremental changes and it's not until someone's like, yeah, but two months ago you were only pushing a five pound weight. Now you're using a 20 pound weight. It doesn't feel any different to you. This is something that one of my coaches identified. She's like, do you have comparisonitis or is it that you are always looking to get better? And you're always looking at how you can tweak what you're doing to be more efficient, more successful, do it in a way that's going to get you better results. And so therefore you're looking at people around you and going, well, I could be doing it that way or using the word. And unfortunately what I actually do is, oh, I should be doing it that way. And so therefore I'm wrong. And it's like, it's actually not You're not making radical changes. You're making incremental changes. And so you're not seeing your improvement. You're just seeing what you could do next and where you could go next. Yeah. And I think that's an important point is that having someone to give us that feedback, to remind us of those incremental changes, like that's the hard part I think about it is that it's not glamorous. 
because you can't even see the changes. You can't even see what's different. Like you go to the gym five days in a row, you're not going to notice anything different. And having someone to give you that feedback and go, but you know what, even in five days, this, this, and this are different because there will be something that's different, but we can't see that from our own perspective. So having that external feedback from someone else is a great way to number one, recognize your changes, but also to kind of keep your eyes on the prize of like, what are you really working for and have you achieved it? And, or do you need to adjust your goals in the process? It's like that reminder of where you are and where you've come from so that you can keep progressing. Yeah. A hundred million percent. I totally am with you on that one. So I feel like we've already talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to dig into the why, why get better, you know, and aren't I doing well enough? Like I'm over here. It's fine. And I think one of my pet peeves as a coach and as someone who likes to be coached and having a husband who went to the Paralympics, one of the things that always pops into my mind is millionaires have coaches, Olympians, Paralympians, the best of the best have coaches. And yet those of us that aren't millionaires, that aren't Olympians think that we can just do it on our own. And then we end up getting frustrated that we're not making progress. And so then we go and do something like 75 hard and we make this radical adjustment to everything when, you know, my teeth health has radically improved since last September when I started to floss my teeth every night before bed. And some nights I don't want to do it. And recently I've actually added this really cool mouthwash on. And I keep reading the back of the product, wondering what the mouthwash is doing for me because it doesn't say it's actually doing anything, but my teeth have gotten whiter and my mouth feels better. And it's like, now I brush my teeth, I floss my teeth and I swish with mouthwash. And I'm not really sure why I'm doing these things, but it definitely makes my mouth feel better. And it's such a small little thing, but over time... I'm noticing that it's making a difference. Yeah. I think my first response to the why is why not? There's no reason that you need to think that you need to be an Olympian or that you need to be even a millionaire. Those things come with their own challenges that a lot of people are not up for and that's fine. But why would you not choose to work on improving yourself on some level? And for me, it's the satisfaction of knowing that I've achieved a goal or that I've achieved something that was difficult. It might not be difficult for everybody. You know, the next person in line might be like, dang, that's the easiest thing in the world. Heck, there's even people out there that are like, really? It took you all that time to figure out how to floss your teeth? But it doesn't even matter what it is. If it's challenging for you, it's challenging for you. And so why would you not want to improve that? Why would you not want to have a better experience in the world, whether that's physically in your own skin, in your own body feeling better, or whether that's feeling better when you eat food, or whether that's achieving goals in a business sense, or just personal development goals. That support can look like anything. It can look like a business coach. It can look like a therapist. It can look like a physical fitness coach. And I guarantee you the millionaires, the Olympians, the professional sports players, they don't have a coach. They have teams of people that are behind them helping support their success. And that's what it takes to get to that level. 
but I don't think you need that specifically on an individual level, but you can also have other people that you work with. You can have a business coach and you can have a therapist and you can have somebody that you check in with about eating and diet and things like that. You can have mentors on a smaller scale that are going to help you move the needle in a direction that feels good for you. And it can get so easy in our culture and our world to just get bogged down and not feel like it matters. And I think even to not feel like you individually matter, but at the end of the day, your own satisfaction should be the barometer. So comparisonitis doesn't help. Whatever's hard for you is hard for you. And that doesn't mean that someone else's struggles are more or less, but all you got to do is stay in your lane and keep working on you. And whatever team you need to build around you, that's what it takes. Well, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like you've got this pyramid and the pyramids at the bottom, like it's safety and security, right? You got to have food, you got to have roof over your head. Without those things, nothing else matters. And as you move up, you come to this love and belonging space. And that's a great place to be. Having friends, having this environment that is comfortable, love and belonging will win out over anything else all of the time, 100% of the time. And talking to one of my business coaches, she's like, what are you about, Tash? Are you about helping people be safe on their bikes so that they don't feel like they're going to fall off? She's like, but what I really hear from you is all you talk about is how much more fun it is when you are better. And I do this all the time. I look at the professionals and I watch a downhill racer on their bike, or I just watch somebody who does Instagrams and they're really good. And I'm like, they're having so much fun. And I'll be on my bike and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, I'm pretty good. And this is really fun. If I was better, imagine how much more fun I would be having, right? Owning my own business can be kind of fun and rewarding. If I was better at it, It'd be really fun and rewarding. And the top of our Maslow hierarchy of needs is striving for full self. Like what is our full self potential? What is the best I can be at whatever it is I'm doing? And when you get there, you have more fun, right? Guaranteed. If you're doing the gym exercises properly, you're really enjoying them. If you've got the strength and power to climb up that hill on your bike, you are having a better biking experience. When you know the efficiency of your pedal stroke, when you know that riding in your second hardest gear the whole way is actually the best way to do it versus pounding in your fifth hardest gear or your fifth easiest gear, you know, that's the difference. And yeah, we can sit in love and belonging and that feels really good. But when we go for that full potential, love and belonging actually feels even better because we start off with it coming from inside and we no longer need to look for it outside of ourselves. Yeah. What comes to mind with that is that what's in between the having fun and the starting is hard. There's no denying that there's a lot of boring work There's a lot of challenging work. There's a lot of physically hard work in between the time where you begin and where you get to have even more fun. And I think one of the keys is being able to look at all of those tiny incremental steps as still being part of the building of the fun. 
And a lot of people who watch me ride probably think that they would be bored to tears. It's like watching paint dry because all I do is I walk the horses around, but they can't see the amount of internal work. It's like the duck in water, right? You have no idea how hard that duck is paddling. And when the horses are able to give me the posture and give me the balance that I'm working towards, that is the coolest dang thing ever. But there's been an awful lot of really boring steps on the way there. And you've got to be able to stick it out through the boring to get to the fun. And there's no way to bypass that. You can't skip that. And so finding how to be in that middle space and working and sometimes physically struggling or even emotionally or mentally struggling so that you can get to the ease and the joy on the other side, that's worth it. And that has to be part of, I think, your goal and your awareness is recognizing that middle phase and just being okay in it. Yeah, 100%. The last part of this is how do we go at development? You know, it's like, what is it? It's getting better. Why do we do it? because it helps us get to that top part of our hierarchy of needs. And how do we do it? We do it one step at a time and we make those small changes and we choose to floss our teeth because last night I really just wanted to get into bed. And it's going for that bike ride. And instead of being unconscious about what I'm doing on my bike, it's taking one little thing and going today, I'm just going to focus on improving this one thing. On that note, we were working on maneuvers and wheelies and bunny hops and nose pivots and endos. And you don't need those things necessarily. You can ride your bike your whole career. You don't need to know how to nose pivot. But if you do know how to nose pivot, like you can get around a corner that's really tight, way easier. There's so many things But it takes practice. It takes practice to wheelie. It means you're going to fail, right? It means that you're going to feel like you're not getting it. It means you're going to feel like you're kind of stuck in the weeds for a little while. And how we get out of the weeds is we just keep making those small imperceptible changes. Every time I go out, making that conscious decision to try a wheelie, to try a nose pivot, to do an endo and start to integrate that into what I do on my bike every time I go out and not being afraid when it doesn't work. Yeah. Not going out tomorrow and being like, right, well, I need to be good at wheelies and nose pivots and all of those things. I'm going to spend my entire day doing it. And then I'm going to be exhausted and I'm going to have gotten wherever I've gotten and I'm never going to want to do them again. Yeah. Holding yourself to too high of a standard too fast. I think part of this is also being willing to feel out of control because when you're learning maneuvers or even when you're working on new things with the horses and with their balance or at the gym, there's a certain feeling of feeling like you're not in control. And that's where those teeny tiny steps like are vital because if you're not taking some kind of little step, then you're not moving forward. In my opinion, the only way to fail is to not try. If you decide to set a goal, the only way to fail at that is to just not try anything. If you're trying something, you're experimenting. That's where the fun can come in is just freeing ourselves up to allow experimentation. Like what happens if? Sometimes with the horses, it's really easy to get 
stuck in one way of thinking. And it's probably the same on the bike too, where you're having a problem or you're trying to work through a challenge and you're just trying the same thing over and over again. And if we said, what if a little bit more, like, well, what if I try and sit off center on my horse? What happens to their balance? Because sometimes we think we're centered and we're actually not. And so what you find is when you sit off centered, you actually are centered and everything comes into line all of a sudden. And you didn't expect that. But if you'd never explored and you'd never tried something, then you wouldn't be able to find that answer and find that solution. It's true of everything. If we can find the courage to experiment a little more, we would be so much more successful with everything across the board. Absolutely. In my lesson last night, the girls wanted to do this corner and I was like, you know what, let's go down and do that corner. And the key to doing it is actually going past your limit. And if you don't fail and fail safely, talking about being on bikes, of course, and there was a rather large drop off on the other side of this corner. When I'm doing my cornering drills, what I encourage people to do is to push themselves to failure, to push themselves to go too fast so the foot comes off the pedal. Because unless you actually hit that limit, you don't know where it is. Yeah, you don't know where the edge is. Exactly. I think that's where we can sum this up is personal development is really about going to the edges, pushing them and creating new edges because without knowing where they are, we stay small and we stay inside of them. And if we just stay within that love and belonging, then we surround ourselves with people that are in that same space and we don't know how much fun can be had when we strive for our full potential. Yeah. And we're here to have an experience. The human experience is here to be done. And sometimes it feels overwhelming. But if you could see what was actually behind me right now, if you're watching this on the YouTube and you can actually see us, I hate having a fake background, but the background I've got just makes me want to go and pull it apart and clean up. And I know that that's not the most important thing for me to do today. So focusing on those incremental changes and like, how can I move through? Yeah. Yeah. Conscious changes, small changes, doing it over time and surrounding yourself with people that can reflect back to you the progress that you've made. That is the recipe for success. 100%. Thank you so much for listening. This is Riding in the Weeds. I am Natasha Lockie. You can find me on Instagram, Betty Gohard. And what I do is I help women be more confident riding their bikes in life to really express their goddess selves. And it's so that you can really achieve that highest potential in your life and have more fun. What about you, Jenny? I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Soul Pet Connections. The website is soulpetconnections.com and I help support people with their pet relationships, working on goals and increasing the communication and deepening the relationship. So thank you so much for joining us today. This has been wonderful. We look forward to seeing you again. Like, comment, subscribe, share. We'd love to hear from you if you have ideas for the show or have questions for us. Leave us a comment and let us know. Thank you very much. See you next time.